listening to Fox Sports Radio. I want to talk about the reporting, as in a source told a respected reporter the following, and he now has reported it. Is it me, or, or that's been pretty much exclusively the original report that Schefter had, and I think some others, that Mac Jones was the guy. Was there any other kind of direct sources that we've had other than that? I had heard Justin Fields was drawing a little bit more interest from some. Uh, I, I don't know specifically the reporter on that, but I did hear that Justin Fields, that, that they were higher on Justin Fields and some people were letting on. Okay. And, you know, if this was like the um, – MVP where you had to vote for five or whatever, like in the NBA. Yeah, okay, fine. He might be the third pick, you know. But at no point was it uh, that Justin Fields is in the lead or that, that, that you know. So, to me, the rest of this has been just a bunch of talking, right? Yes, and, yeah, yeah. And, and that's something to take advantage of, right? If, if, things, if the odds are adjusting on speculation – and you don't agree with the speculation, that's the very definition of what you want to fade. So let's say that um, you, you bought a bunch of real estate property in a certain area in Los Angeles. Right? So you're like a mogul now, right? And you got all the, it's like Monopoly, at, but you know, it's real houses for Jonas. And all of a sudden you hear a rumor that they're going to put a bakery in one of the streets you own, you know, the one building you don't own. And you're thinking, huh, I like the smell of bright in the morning. That could work out just fine. But if someone else said, oh, no, bakeries are going to track the wrong element, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden the prices in the houses start going down. They don't like the smell of fresh bread. You're going to look at it and go, huh, maybe I should buy some more houses around here because this is irrational. (laughs) The reason it's dropping. So I like when prices go up and down because I'd, you know, the worst thing for a speculator is if everyone has the same price and it all stays the same, right? I love it when the prices go up and down because just as we suggested here, you could have gotten, now we didn't suggest the Justin Fields side, but you could have gotten Justin Fields at like plus 150 or plus 200 and you could get Mac Jones at plus 150 or even upwards of plus 180. Just because of those very swings. And if you if it's two possibilities and you have both a plus money, that's the definition of a sure thing. So in a way, whenever I hear people complain, oh, the odds are adjusting for no reason, I'm like, don't you understand what the point of these odds are? It's to bet them when they're wrong. And to me, the best way for odds to be wrong is to swing irrationally, to swing for reasons other than legitimate reasons. And it strikes me that if we really just zeroed in on what legitimate news we've had on this matter, the only one in all of it that has that has risen past, let's say, an inference that maybe someone's a little better, you know, often they were before in the eyes of the 49ers. It all points to Mac Jones. And the fact that we're concluding now Mac Jones is probably the answer. It, to me, it seems like there was nothing the whole time to say otherwise. And I'm not saying that to be critical of anyone, but rather for us to learn from this and figure out like next time we deal with these rumors, how do we deal with them? Would you agree in general that they probably got too much stock put in and, and we would have done better by ignoring them, which we mostly did, which I'm, I'm proud of. Yeah. And I also think when it comes to Thursday, and I think you've been on this as far as you, even when, you know, the odds were switching over to Justin Fields or whatnot, you still liked Mac Jones to be the pick at number three for the 49ers based on the original report and not the filler in between. I just, my big question on this is, 
Is any of this driven by money, or is this all just speculative reporting and mock drafts that some of these odds makers have looked at going, okay, well, maybe we were wrong. Maybe it should be Justin Fields who is a favorite. Was anybody putting a significant amount of money on any of these props, or can you to be able to move any of these lines at all? So that's a great question. That's that's really an elite question, because what you're asking here is, and that's Jonas Knox, we're straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell. What you're asking is, is the driver of odds adjustments, when odds change, is it the opinion of the bookmaker or is it the mathematics of, okay, we now have lopsided amount of money on this side and thus we should move the odds and make it less attractive to bet that side? Because really, ultimately, the odds move because you want – as a bookmaker, which I've never been a bookmaker, but what they want is is to make one side more attractive and one side less attractive. Imagine you're selling cookies at the PTA, and you got chocolate and vanilla cookies, and everyone's buying the chocolate cookies. All of a sudden, and they're both the same price. Well, all of a sudden, you probably want to raise the price on the chocolate and lower the price on the vanilla because you want to sell more vanilla cookies. Well, when the Steelers are favored by three and everyone's betting Pittsburgh— they make the line three and a half. And you know what that does? It makes Pittsburgh less attractive and it makes the opponent more attractive. So that's why they move the lines. Oftentimes it's going to be money, but with something like this, it's going to be whatever the bookmaker thinks is the going to split the action the best. So let's say for the sake of argument, there's an announcement that Tom Brady's out of a game. And let's say Brady moves the line about seven points, which he still does, which is probably ama- it's amazing. But okay. So if the line were Tampa Bay favored by 10 before the injury news, it would move immediately to three. They wouldn't wait to take bets all the way down, right? They take it off the board. They assess it. They put it back up, given the new givens. In that case, probably a seven-point adjustment. So that's a clear case of it's not about the money. It's about the information. So the bookmakers themselves are making bets in a way by the odds they put up. So I'll give you an example. It's called having an opinion. The bookmaker books with an opinion. So what does that mean? Let's go back to that same Steelers game. They actually like Pittsburgh, let's say. They think Pittsburgh's going to cover. The whole market's at three. Maybe they're at three and a half. Though coming off a three in the NFL is a big move. So let's make this line four now, and they go to four and a half. That's something a book will do a lot. They don't want Pittsburgh action. They think Pittsburgh. So what they'll do is shade it in a way that isn't driven by the money. It's driven by their own opinion. As the money starts coming in, they will balance that money. So if the money comes in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, or I'm sorry, underdog, underdog, underdog. So now you think the line would drop. They might be a little slow to drop it because they have an, uh, an opinion on Pittsburgh in this hypothetical, but they won't buck the money totally. I hear a bookmaker say, my opinion is worth one limit bet. So whatever the limit is, let's say that it's a college football game, the limit's uh, $5,000. If they have a strong opinion on the game, one $5,000 bet will get it back to the market. So in that, let's assume Pittsburgh was college football for a second, Pitt Panthers in this case. If the line is four everywhere, the bookmaker has it at four and a half because he thinks Pitt is a good bet. If someone bets him at four and a half, which he's going to get underdog money mostly, because who's going to lay four and a half when there's four across the street, right? right. Is the first limit bet that comes in for 5000 he'll move the line, that bookmaker, to four. And the theory is if he's right, even 50% of the time, he's getting extra bets, one extra limit bet on every game he has an opinion on. 
that at plus 110, right? Because they were having to lay 110 to win 100. And if he's right even half the time, they're making the VIG on that bet. So the bookies got it easy. They've only got to be right 47.6% of the time, right? We got to be right 52.4. That cavern in between, that's the VIG. Ooh, that is uh, tough sledding, Jonas. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So, RJ, we've been talking about the top of the NFL draft, the quarterback that is rumored to go to number three, and it looks like, as of now, Justin Fields will not be that quarterback to the 49ers, but there is rumblings that the New England Patriots could have interest in trading up for the Ohio State alum. Yeah, so Mackenzie Rivers, pregame.com research. Let's get the number three pick odds. Give me the latest ones off the presses, I guess the digital presses, <laughs> and uh, tell us the three, the, the current odds as they exist. Number three overall, Mac Jones is the favorite, minus 190, followed by Trey Lance at plus 225, and then Justin Fields at 7-1. to one. Yeah, and that Justin Fields, it wasn't even, what, last Wednesday he was a minus 200 favorite. That's right. Is that the day? Okay. So doesn't mean it's impossible, but one thing to think about is when they take someone that was a minus money favorite and make them 7-1, to one, they don't really have to offer any more than that. See, the bookies, I don't know if you heard, Jonas, cockroaches is a fair way to explain it most of the time. <laughs> is I'm not saying that necessarily negative. Some people have pet cockroaches. Right? I don't. But if you do, then, you know, there you go. But most of us don't like it is they are going to give you the almost like what's the mentality of a bookie? It's real simple is they give you as little as possible that you'll take. That's it. Like if you're not going to if you're not going to walk away and not bet, that's what you're getting. Right. But the minute you're there betting, you're not going to get any more. So. You know, it's a tight, it's, it's a tough racket. Now, what, <laughs> what's nice is with the competitiveness in New Jersey, especially in the DraftKings and the FanDuel, they start to be more player friendly. And don't be fooled. It's not because they became nice people all of a sudden. They just think that it's economically it makes sense. But back in the day when there wasn't real competition because of the, you know, gray nature of the legal side of it, uh, you know, you had very little chance of getting any real customer friendly stuff. So seven to one is a huge drop. Fields is very unlikely to the 49ers. The thing I think that people missed about that, and these are some of the smartest people out there when it comes to the NFL. But one of the things about being super smart is it's hard. Well, I hear it's hard to understand other people's perspective. Right? You're thinking, how could they think that? Two plus two equals five. Obviously, it's not that simple, but that's the way, especially if someone's not trying you know, to quote the godfather, think like those around you are thinking. That's tough sometimes, especially for the super analytical types like a Fezzik. He struggles with basic normal things like that because he's not basic and normal. He's thinking differently, and that's how he wins, but it's difficult sometimes. And to understand what those around you are thinking. And I think that's what happened with these Justin Fields batters. There were some big, serious people that thought Justin Fields was the 49ers. You know why? Because they believed Justin Fields was the best pick. And I don't have an opinion on that. You know why? Because I'm not a scout. So I won't try to guess how Mac Jones is going to do in the 49ers offense if it is him. But they made their bets off of their dislike 
of Mac Jones relative to Justin Fields, not personally, but as a quarterback. So, Jonas, I guess my question to you is, did you see it that way with all, that, that usually the Justin Fields people that were saying, oh, he's the pick to the 49ers, they were doing it as if if they were picking it, they would pick the 49 or if they right. were the 49ers, they would pick <laughs> Justin Fields. And in truth, that they're handicapping the wrong thing that, you know, is if let's say that you're watching at a buffet and you see some heavy set gentlemen, some would say husky walk up and you're you make a bet you're talking to your buddy and you're like I wonder if he's getting the cheesecake or the jello. Now, if you love jello or in my case if I love cheesecake, I'm not going to use that as a factor. I'm not going to be anyone who picks jello's crazy. I'm going to try to figure out what's going on with that guy. And if he has a shirt with like a jello logo on it, <laughs> I'm thinking I don't care how much I like jello or not. I'm betting the jello with that guy, right? If he had, or or like the Kool-Aid, you know, if he had the if it was a Kool-Aid or Coca-Cola <laughs> and he had that big Kool-Aid character on there like on his big shirt stretched out, I'd be like Kool-Aid. I think that in, instead of trying to predict what Shanahan was going to do, they were predicting or they were telling us what they were going to do. Did you did you see that? Yeah, and I think that happens a lot, especially when it comes to these mock drafts. And it's why the, we've talked about it on the show before. When, when I see somebody get a bad grade after a draft, I'm thinking to myself, first of all, the only reason you're giving them a bad grade is because they did what you wouldn't have done. Exactly. And there's been no games played. It literally, a guy walked on stage, some of them, or, or they were on a fishing boat like Joe Thomas back in the day. They got their <laughs> name called, and all of a sudden they failed the pick. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand where that logic comes in. And it just – it feels like you always say take emotion out of it. You know, don't, don't get so emotionally invested in, in your pick or, or, or because you can't see straight and see correctly. Correctly. And it feels like a lot of people get really emotionally invested in their predictions and their mock drafts. Meanwhile, other people are taking advantage of it at the sports books. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm John Middlecoff, and I host the Three and Out podcast. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL? Do you like the NFL draft? Quarterbacks, coaches? Well, I talk about it all on the show. I used to work for Andy Reid as a scout. Now I give you my unfiltered and raw opinions on everything that goes on in the NFL. And you know we're talking college football because of how important the draft is. Year-round, listen to the 3 and Out podcast with me, John Middlecoff, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's rumors of uh, Julio Jones being traded. Yeah, there's that that he's on the trade block. That's been out there. Um, a couple of different um, reporters, Peter or, and, yeah, insiders had that. That you know they have they are listening to offers for Julio Jones, but there's been nothing you know substantial, no offers made or anything like that for the receiver. But we don't even know if he's going to be alive on Sunday. So right. I mean, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, but I, I, let's just say this: get it signed if you trade, <laughs> but <laughs> put that earnest money down. To me. There's a real fork in the road with the Falcons. On one hand, I strongly believe if you look at the restructure they did to Matt Ryan, that they've committed to Matt Ryan effectively for two years. And that, that it would have be the height of insanity to, to restructure the contract the way they did and then get off. Because they made it so much more onerous, so much more of a negative to get off of Matt Ryan. We'll get into the details of that tomorrow because I want to be super clear on it. But, Mackenzie, that's how you see it too, right? Yeah, that's right. 
right. So I, I want to have the exact numbers. We can talk about it. So oh, I if, got that. Uh, next this year it's sixty five million cap hit. And next year it's going to be forty million. So both of those cap hits would be more than the Carson Wentz. Yeah. Was it? So I mean, that was the biggest of all time. I mean, effectively, when your caps, that's like half the cap. So I mean, you couldn't do it. So now the question is, would they draft a quarterback that would sit for a year? Maybe, but not for two years. So I mean, the thing about a two-year sit is you only got four really good cheap years. You're going to take two of those for the guy to sit. So, you know, that's what the whole Jordan Love thing is a big question mark. To some degree, you know, back in the prior era, someone sitting like Aaron Rodgers did made sense. Now there's so much advantage of having a cheap first contract quarterback that even a Jared Goff can make it to the Super Bowl if you have enough money to put talent around him. The paradox is, and that's what we're going to see with Dak, when you do get paid jumbo, is can you rise, raise your game enough to compensate for the lack of money you have in the other spots? And that's what makes the salary cap league such an economic exercise. And it, to me, it makes it interesting. So to me, with the Falcons, is if they are committed to Matt Ryan, I think they're not going to trade Julio Jones because what would they trade him for? Future yeah. considerations. You only got a couple more years with a quarterback you're willing to pay now. And then number two if they do get the great tight end out of Florida, or if they do get, um, you know, the elite wide receiver uh, out of LSU, I'm just not going to name any names and just talk about colleges for a second. Is it's a situation where all of a sudden Atlanta's offense looks pretty good, right? So yeah. I, I just don't think they pick about if they are committed to Matt Ryan, it feels like that they're going to be committed to trying to maximize the chance of winning now, which means don't defer for future consideration. Does that make sense? Yeah, I totally agree. Financially, it doesn't make any sense um, to, to go a quarterback here. I think it's two options. I think they're either taking Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida, or they're trading out of the pick. I think those are the only two options for Atlanta. I think so. Um, uh you know, again, I think you're using a lot of words there. You could just say the tight end out of Florida. But listen, you're, you're a pro at this. I'm not saying that you're wrong. Okay. Um, Patriots, the only thing that befuddles me about those odds, the fact that it looks like there are decent chances to try to make a move to get Justin Fields, is the same rationale of accuracy and, and some of the characteristics that Lombardi talks about when it comes to Belichick specifically. It doesn't feel like he has that. And and, you know, Justin Fields, I, I'm a high State graduate. I, I want him to do well. I just don't think he's a Belichickian quarterback. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.